As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you Why mad? Ben's here. Okay. Hey, Lisa, what's up? Hi, Jake. How's it going? It's going great. I have a thing from the internet that I'm mad about, as <laughs> fits the premise of our podcast. I'm so excited because I don't know the details at all. <laughs> uh, so I, this is going to be my first hearing and reaction. What happened? Did you somebody make you mad or you made somebody mad? I mean, or both? I'm skewing up both. I, mostly, I think I pissed a bunch of people off. I really... Okay, okay, I know okay. people say, like, oh, I don't actually care. But I really, like, I saw this and I was like, cannot be bothered. I'm having a pretty good week. I got all this shit going on. Um, fuck it. And I, like, just kind of... what also wasn't looking at my phone because I was, uh... I was waiting to watch Euphoria with a friend. Mm-hmm. So could not go online for like two days because yeah. I didn't want to spoil it because <laughs> yeah. the finale was happening, which wasn't very good, but we don't have time to get yeah. it. Yeah. Right? So... <laughs> yeah. The play finale was good, but not the show. Yeah, the show finale was weird. Yeah. But anyway, go on. So yeah. like, um, but I, no, I think it's mostly I pissed other people off. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that, like, I'm a little bummed out because I think I pissed off somebody who I like, but I still oh, have sucks. to do what I have to do here because yeah, yeah, I'll explain yeah. you the story, right? So basically, um, so the person you like is on the wrong side, kind of, yeah, that's yeah. part of it. Okay, okay. I have a friend okay. who's in the who's like a uh, if like we're in like a Stand by Me high school movie or The Outsiders or something, they're like they go between, you know, and oh, it's gotcha, like, gotcha. well, the we're fence all fence writer, the fence writer. We're all growing up, and you have to pick a side. It sucks. Yeah. Um, by growing up, I mean we're all in our thirties, and those of us that are rich are getting very high paying comedy jobs, and those of us that are not are going to be bartenders forever, and that's growing up in America. Your adolescence happens when you're 39 years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happened is, there's no way to tell the story without talking about the person. Like you, usually, I would try to obscure who I'm talking about and stuff, but there's like it's impossible. So I'm just gonna fucking say it, right? Um, did they, why did they fight directly with you on Twitter? Yeah, like there's yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, they blocked me. That's why I don't see this. Right. Okay, go on. Well, so I don't. Yeah. That's, they blocked me too. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened is, so SNL hires people in batches, you know, mm-hmm. and they hired um some like people I like, <laughs> some friends of mine, and I saw it on sure. social media and was like, congratulations. And then in the fucking like the the posts, they also hired this person, Rosebud Baker, who I don't know, but I like yeah. know it was a comic and I've like been on shows with or something or seen around. Like I just know yeah. this is just a person I is in my world, you know? And I think I like clicked on their page or something, or like I think maybe I saw somebody retweet them. And when you see somebody who's retweeted you, yeah. like you can see that they blocked yeah. you because it shows up gray. And you're like, and I'm like, what yeah. the? F-? So I noticed that this person blocked me, and I was like, what the fuck? Why? I don't know what the deal is. Why is this person 
have something against me and then like you know i think i fucking thought about it and saw like oh they did skank fest or something and they're part of that fucking world or yep. whatever and well, fuck that person and the thing is they blocked me after the skank fest problem so they're when, I made my, fucking... when i made my joke about skank fest yeah pre- predictably booked yeah <laughs> yeah so they they're a, they're they've chosen their sides they've made yeah. mm-hmm. it apparent and uh you know the other thing about this person is that the reason their last name's baker that it, they're I think the the grandchild of this guy Jim Baker, who was yeah. chief of staff to Ronald Reagan, and like you know was involved in in all this horrible stuff that happened in the nineties throughout the Clinton administration. Trump, they're just involved in the Trump administration. Yeah, all this fucking bullshit came out of this person. Um, you know, this is like if your grandfather was like Henry Kissinger and you like did comedy. Like it's crazy, right? And so it's worse. Can I interject to just talk man shit right now? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> and people are going to judge me because maybe this is me being shitty and judging, but it is a personal pet peeve and I'm going to throw it out here. Uh-huh. And I think that's maybe why she always had like bad vibes with me. We had bad vibes with each other is because uh, I don't know if you know that her origin story for comedy, No. You, you know that she's been doing it like dude, less time than I've known. Her, okay. Because uh-huh. let me put it this way. Um, I'm not even going to talk about her personal life before, but point is she moved to New York City, okay? Uh-huh. And she gets on OkCupid. And on OkCupid, she meets a stand-up comedian. And she starts dating the stand-up comedian. And uh, they become, I guess, serious, right? They get on the escalator. And I want to say within a few months of them starting to date, she started pursuing stand-up. At the same time that her boyfriend was pretty much ascending and like getting shit with networks and fucking festivals. Um, I think I met them when they were a couple or are they still, yeah. I don't fucking know. No, they're not. Okay. They're not. No. Now she's married to another comic who is also established and does really well. Okay. And she is part of a circle of friends that includes Michael Che. So he's a head writer of SNL. Okay. So like she, be- I would say probably because of her, family and background she understands how to network and who is useful to her and who is not yeah dude i I get a read on these people immediately and i'm like jake but like she literally skyrocketed like uh i mean as much as you can in comedy like so you know you remember that amazon thing that amazon prime did like a documentary following comics who were auditioning for jfl do you remember that barely oh my god jake it was so fucked up because like basically they followed, I don't know, like 10 comics from different cities. They were auditioning to go to JFL. Yeah. But like, what a fucking manipulative thing. Because what they did was like, follow them through the audition process. Like, go and shoot shit at their house. You know, like, talk to them about like their personal life and their feelings about JFL and their dreams and shit. Yeah. And then like, take it all the way through to which ones made it. So if you and I understand how films are made and documentaries are made, obviously it's not like a lottery pick where they're just like, we'll see what happens with these 10. Right. They very purposefully picked like three that we know will make it for sure. Three that we know will not make it for sure. And then three that who knows, it's up to the actual people picking the talent, what will happen. Yeah. So it's like fucking totally rigged. And it's super shitty because it like, it's exploitive of the comics. You know what I mean? I'd like, uses their personal fucking pain of going through these processes to make content about them. 
And one of the people that got in that year was Rosebud. So Rosebud was one of the ones that got featured there as being like, oh, my God, what a winner. But it's like not only does she come from that rich kid background, she got stuff like into clubs and, uh, you know, fucking credits within her first five years, Jake. Yeah. That is not realistic or normal. It is something that happened because you already stepped into a place where your boyfriend vouched for you yeah. and brought you at a higher level of comedy in New York City that like it takes people years to get into. And I don't think that's like an accidental thing because the thing that bothers me is not the shortcut. It's the fact that like if I dated anybody and they let's say were lost in trying to figure out their life or even let's say were an accountant and had a job and that's what they went to school for and whatever the fuck. And six months or a year into dating me, they were like, you know what? I'm going to go to school to be an anthropologist and I'm going <laughs> to dedicate my life to stand-up comedy and studying stand-up comedians. I would be like, yeah, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah. That is creepy as fuck. I don't care if you share these interests with me now. You should understand that they're my interests and talk to me about them and find your own fucking interest and your own way to be in life. So like, it just repelled me automatically that you went from being somebody's partner to like, uh, stepping on their toes and becoming their competitor and their peer. And then someone who, uh, you know, like when they broke up, I do think whatever you think of either one of them, it shook out that like some friends went to the girlfriend and some friends went to the boyfriend. Yeah. And I would say she kept the famous ones. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, I mean, all that is just such a bummer. Like the way that people like yeah. date each other transactionally and stuff like that in comedy yeah. is so fucking gross. And yeah. And now she's married to a really nice comedy dude. Yeah. Sure. Uh, sure great. So let me tell it, you what happened. Though, right? <laughs> yeah. Go on. So yeah. like, um, I don't really know why this person blocked me, but I guess it's because they're just like in the skanks camp and they, if you were with them, you think I'm the devil or whatever. Um, but I also knew this thing about how they were like related to this like crazy, like fucking, this is like, um, you know, there's like, oh, you know, your parents are rich, like they, you know, they're upper class or whatever, upper middle class. And then there's like, I'm, a lizard person like from the one percent you know that's yeah. this is like crazy you know and i didn't know uh i don't fucking follow these people i don't give a shit about yeah. any of this so i didn't know that that was like open that they talk about it but that i'll get to that in a minute but so what i said was um this person uh got snl uh congratulations to this person that blocked me and that also mm -hmm is the grandchild of, you know, fucking whatever, right? Uh, yeah. I, I made a joke. I said, congratulations, you earned it, right? And that's just a joke about <laughs> You earned it. Nepotism, you know? <laughs> like, rich kids win. They win every fucking time. It's a setup yeah. to where they can win. So yeah. um, <laughs> then all these people were tweeting at me about it. And first of all, all these fucking annoying people on Twitter, which this is inevitable. I'm mad about it, but there's nothing you can do about it. Like, right, this is inevitable. Yeah. People start tagging her. They started snitching and tagging. And oh, the, the thing is, <laughs> the joke I made, like, first of all, like, fuck this person. Like, I don't like this person yeah. because they blocked me, which is a thing that says I don't like you. So, you know, that's where we're starting. But I didn't name them. You know, I fucking made a joke. I didn't tag them. I didn't name them. I just yeah. said, I'm observing the, the thing, concept of this. making yeah. fun of the fucking thing. Right. And all these people yeah. tagged her and were like, this is who this is about and all this stuff and like turned it into this fucking thing. And, uh, so then what a lot of people said, you know, um, like in her defense, they're saying, well, you know, her and I guess 
this guy she's married to is named Andy Baker. Did he take her last name? I don't know, fucking understand what's going on there. <laughs> Haynes, he's Andy Haynes. Oh, that's her fucking. Hu- okay, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. All right, people kept saying Andy Baker, and I was like, who the fuck is oh, that? Oh, that's so mean because <laughs> he definitely has been doing comedy longer than her. I think he's funnier i mean okay whatever he's just not as good as networking in person and shit okay i did see that guy tweeting at me i didn't understand it was oh he was did he get mad at you yeah sorry andy i love you i hate your wife i don't mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know this guy he seemed nice i think i met him once or twice he's cool but then this happened and uh i'm so sorry (laughs) like this is so mean it's just a shit talking (laughs) episode but go on Um, no it's not just a shit talking episode i mean on my part on my part sorry yeah you haven't gotten to your real i have a fucking point here like i'm not just talking shit right Right? Like, yeah. I I did not get up and go, I'm going to be mean to a person that day. That person started yeah, yeah. off being mean to me, and I'm not just going to roll over and let that happen. So I, yeah, yeah. I saw, oh, it was a skanks person, and they fucking blocked me, and, you know, they – and so I made a joke about it because – I'm going to be a bartender and fucking die in a ditch and you have more money than God and you're going to be on SNL. I get to make a joke. That's the consolation prize I get in in fucking life, right? And so I made a joke about it and people people were saying, well, you know, her and her husband both joke about this in their acts and they don't pretend to not, you know, be related to this person. In fact, they tell you about it and they make jokes about it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's great. That is not what I'm talking about. Like it doesn't just yeah. because you acknowledge that you are privileged in this way in your act, which is cool. You should do that. And that's, you know, probably funny when you do it yeah. more funny than hiding it. That doesn't mean that you don't then benefit from it and then turn around and tell people I worked so hard and I worked harder than you. And that's why I get this, because what he did what that guy tweeted at me, Andy Haynes, he tweeted Rosebud is the most hardworking comic I've ever met in my life. She works so hard and I'm a manual laborer and ha ha, you know, I'm saying she works even hard. And it's like, okay, like, sure, I'm sure she works. The thing is, I'm sure she works really hard, but it doesn't change the fact that when a rich person works X amount of hard compared next to a poor person that works the same level of hard, the rich person gets higher dividends because the way, you know, everything is set up, but especially like comedy, comedy is pay to play. I mean, at this point in history, in the phase of neoliberal capitalism we're living in, the way the arts work is that they're pay to play. So you get to come in and spend a certain amount of time, you know, like in a casino with chips gambling on, on outcomes happening and getting ahead. But rich people have infinitely more amounts of chips or lottery tickets or whatever you want to, you know, look at this as, as like a metaphor with. Uh, so, you know, I'm sh- this does not mean that this person didn't work hard. It means that's not the fucking point. It means that they enjoy yeah. the outcomes differently. And the thing is, that's also not a bad thing. Like, I don't get mad. I have friends who are rich and like they know that I am who I am and stuff and I make fun of them and they laugh about it and we have a good time because they understand that's a privilege. And you have friends who have a privilege, you know, it's something that they can't control. But what you can't control is your attitude after the fact about how, you know, whether or not you think that means that you're better than somebody else. And if, if you get SNL and you're in the fucking 1%, and you say, I worked really hard, then like, I'm going to make fun of you because I worked really hard too and I'm going to die, yeah. you know? And so like, this can, person, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say something that I think is the a way to frame it that maybe whoever's thinking right now that they disagree should consider is like the problem with somebody who is rich and literally comes from a powerful family in this country uh, saying like believing or anybody believing that their success is based 100% on their talent and hard work spits in the face of the fact that there are a lot of people with talent and hard work who didn't have the privilege of the access to the opportunity, right? Right. So I think the way to think of it is, um, I think most of our listeners and most people in comedy, even at this point, would admit that uh, racial and gender discrimination and racial and gender uh, dis- like uncomfortable rooms and like unwelcoming fucking spaces and all of that shit has made thousands of women and people of color and queer people quit comedy who had talent, right? We all agree with that. Yeah. But that's what's so sad about harassment and abuse and racism and discrimination is that the way that the entire environment is set up and the opportunity to have or the access to opportunities is set up against people based on race or gender or religion or whatever discrimination, then you also have to accept that the people who do not suffer from the boundaries of that racial and gender, whatever other shit discrimination, and also have a leg up in this other way of just being provided access through uh, going around gatekeepers. That is not entirely talent-based either. So if we accept that the first scenario keeps talent ba- talented people out, then we have to accept that the second scenario makes it so that talented people or talent isn't what matters when you get something. It's the access. And then once you have the access, it's like, who's the best ones out of the people we gave access to? So yeah, you're probably the best out of your cohort of like 1% uh, white women, let's say, right? Yeah. Um, but that still remains the 1% of comedy, <laughs> you know, it's still the 1% of like, dude, and you're working mostly for like male centered shows for male writers for male. So it's like, I don't, this is don't all, know. all white people, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, all white people. Is, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's someone who's going to chime in and go, well, I'm yeah. not, and, but like the people that were tweeting at me, I mean, I think that it it's, says a lot that a handful of white comedians replied to me and said things like, what does who someone's grandfather is have to do with whether they're successful or not? In America, in wow. the year 2020, how do you not fucking understand that that has everything wow. to do with ha- who the how the what like do you li- have you lived through have you listened think, to any of your peers i think peers? she was um i mean look not to be dick but like i believe when i met her she was like walking dogs and she lived in an apartment in williamsburg right by knitting factory yeah and she had two dogs of her own but like no job other than dog walking and right she, well that's the thing. You know comedians I mean? and it's like that provides you immediately with access more access than every comic who has to work 30 to 45 to 60 hours a week. Right. But you understand. Squeeze in writing. Rich people come to New York and they walk dogs and then they say that they're poor because they walk dogs. It's like you have so much money. You were able to move to New York City and get a teenager job to pursue an insane dream. Yeah. A poor person would not 
be doing that in their 20s. They'd have to fucking yeah. work somewhere or they die. You know, there's no future in yeah. dog walking. So that if you have that job, you're by nef- definition fucking privileged, you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe you risked a lot, but like you can't deny the fact that you have all this fucking money, right? And or act, yeah. uh, and money in like an abstract way. Like I also, man, I, yeah. when I first moved to New York, I saw a comic on a show. He did this joke and I just was like fucking pulling my hair out in the audience because what this guy was saying was my parents are rich but i'm poor and that but was I'm like poor. the premise of his joke is like yeah you know i mean my parents have this big house or whatever but i ate a ham sandwich this morning or whatever and i'm like that's not Bro, how that talk works to me when you gotta help your parent pay the fucking rent <laughs> shut the fuck it's up not how that fucking works yeah. like if they ha- if you have the- if you're able to go larp as an artist and be yeah. a starving artist but you have like a fucking be- like foundation Safety net. Yeah. then that is like actually illustrative of having more money than other people because yeah, yeah. like you know people that are like that don't have that going on they kind of have to fucking live a very like realistic life and it sucks right so yeah no ri- sorry rich people who are uh doing the comedy larping thing that you're talking about yeah. honestly and fucking honestly rosebud fits into this fucking stereotype which is like it's very often uh white women who are like they lost themselves and are now trying to find themselves and they went through something like addiction or like a very difficult relationship or some shit and now they're trying to be like re-empower themselves through fucking picking up like a new career but it's like you know how little like how few people have the opportunity to be like i'm just gonna take two years to decide what i'm gonna be (laughs) right dude okay somebody tweeted at me and they said you don't understand how hard this person's life has been. Everyone in their in her family thinks that her job is just a hobby. And it's like it is a hobby. Yeah. That's what comedy is, is a hobby that if you're lucky you get to monetize. But and if, is it then is that not you, what your family thinks about it? Right. They, of course it is a, it's yeah. stupid. And like <laughs> it rich people Rich families are full of like, um, you know, like on Arrested Development, how like one of them's a magician. Like that's like a, such a funny <laughs> thing because it's like the artsy black sheep. Yeah, yeah, the only people that get to do that sort of things and be grown ass adults who don't understand the absurdity that they're walking yeah. around telling people, "Oh, I'm a musician, or I'm a magician, or yeah. I'm a comic, or whatever," are fucking yeah. rich people. So there's always, of course, your fucking father, who's part of the deep state, is like. What are you doing? You're supposed to be <laughs> yeah. doing all this other stuff, but like, you know, yeah. that marrying the next president or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, good for you for realizing the absurdity true, of the situation true. and just yeah. going and doing, pursuing something you like, but it does sounds like you pursued it in a way that's rather cynical and fucking angry. Right. So, you know, yeah, didn't totally. work. Right. So the other thing about this though is that like, you know, I'm saying all this shit and I believe all this stuff about rich people. I believe that it's privileged. I don't believe rich people are innately evil. Like, I like a lot of rich comics. There's this guy, Randall Otis, has a really funny thing where his mm-hmm, Twitter bio cool. is just yeah. rich parents. It just tells yeah. you up front and it's, he's very, yeah. you know, funny about it and stuff. And he does it fucking, you know, go on Legion of Skanks and tweet at me that I'm a fucking cuck, you whatever. Yeah. Seth Simons, he's just a, a guy. He's cool. He has a character and stuff. Maybe he fucking yeah. hates me. I don't know. But the last time I talked to him, he was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I have another friend who got hired in the same batch of people as her. And she's a friend of mine who I mm-hmm. think comes from a little bit of money. Yeah. 
But oh, she, right, 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 right. But we're friends, and she's fucking cool, and she's never yeah. treated me this way, right? Yeah. I've never... That's why yeah, I'm no, like... she's cool. It's never been a thing where, you know, oh, we're from different sides of the tracks. And also, not to be a dick, but, like, how long has she been doing comedy? Like, 15 years? Well, a years? long time. She's fucking earned yeah. everything she has. No yeah. one dislikes this person, yeah. right? Everyone yeah. agrees... This person fucking rules. They yeah. work really hard. They're not, it, you we know. We say because when we say nice things, we should say that person's name or is that bad? <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll tell you. My friend it's is Claire, Claire right? O'Kane. Yeah. Claire okay. O'Kane is great. Yeah. I think she's mad at me because I clicked on her profile and her she changed her profile to pissed at you. And I was like, I think that's dead. Looked at me. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> okay. Narcissist. <laughs> I could be wrong. But the thing about Claire yeah. is that Claire is not presumptuous and like pretentious about yeah. her career like she knows that this world is bullshit that it's she, a hobby and it's a thing that she does for funsies yeah. she talks about it like yeah. she agrees with everything that like i say about when i'm talking about this sort of stuff and then goes you know but i am lucky and i'm gonna go fucking do this thing and i go yeah, i yeah. would do that Good too for you. Good for yeah, you. yeah. As, <laughs> as long as you'd see the world for what it is Dude, i would have loved fun. an east village apartment paid by my parents are you crazy that would have been great. It would have been wonderful. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not giving people yeah. shit over like, I mean, people think that when you're it's, like a leftist a, or whatever, a, you're uh, saying pretending. they have to be poor too or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. I want you to be a class trader. I want you to be my friend who yes. is rich, you know? Which, uh, which means acknowledging your privilege, not pretending you don't have it. And like, to me, the weird thing is the, it's not, it's honestly not being rich and not coming from privilege because it's not your fault who you're fucking born to and shit. But it is the idea of like, uh, what do you call it? Like cosplaying or what is that shit called? The stolen Lar- valor <laughs> of like having to prove that you somehow worked as hard as people of like working or poor classes to right. get the same things or more things than them. And dude, like, honestly, it's not to take away from your talent, but you are pretending. Did you ever see that video? Uh, it was like a YouTube video that went viral. There was like a coach, like a soccer or football coach, high school coach, um, teaching his uh, race mixed team what privilege was. Did you ever see that? I think he's vaguely remember this. It sounds like the, it's like Ted Lasso or some shit. I know, exactly. So it's like a cute thing of like a guy trying to get his team to like understand each other and yeah. where they come from, right? Yeah. So what he does during this training exercise oh, is that yeah. he has them all stand on one line, right? right? And then he tells them like, okay, so when I say something that applies to you, you move up one step, right? right. You take one step forward. So then he says things like, okay, so if both of your parents are still together, take one step forward. If uh, you have been in this country for more than three generations, take one step forward. If uh, anybody in your family already has a college degree, take one step forward. If you know you're going to college for sure because you have a college fund, take one step forward. If, um, you know, like just like all these ways in which people of a certain class have safety nets. Yeah. So mostly the white boys, you know, like move forward. And then I think at one point he says something like, if anybody in your family, if one of your parents or in your family is in jail, take one step back. Right, so you yeah. see, like, the black kids take a step back. And then he says, like, when I stop asking questions, I'll blow the whistle, and then you'll race to the end. Okay? So after doing all these questions, they end up in a formation where obviously all the black and brown kids are way farther back, and all the white kids are way in the middle. And then he blows the whistle, and they all race as fast as they possibly can to the finish line. And one of the black kids wins. And the coach is like, this is what you need to understand privilege is. Is a lot of times the people who are even like running on your level 
they came from way farther behind than you did. They started with a handicap, like a fucking, you know, an unfair fucking race. Yeah. And we need to recognize when you win, sure, you're talented and you're fast and that's cool. But the place that you started from counts a lot. It fucking determine it predetermines the possibility of you winning yeah and denying that is so powerful of an ideological statement it's it is like that's what like racism and all these other isms actually are is this false as soon as you start thinking like that we're actually equal and it's like sort of like oh post-racist post-whatever way post-class post-everything you start make that means anyone that doesn't do as well as you is less good than you and less than you and fucking subhuman and so you then attribute your success to like well i'm i did everything right everything everyone else everyone else must be fucking lazy and all this stuff like Mm -hmm. the logic plays out that way it's very important that you don't think that the world is a meritocracy if you do you end up being a fucking asshole and if you fall it long enough you end up being a eugenicist and all this other stuff right because that's the logical conclusion to that way of thinking so like this is fucking important right and like it the fact it's what's really funny to me about it is that comedians only like they're in a death cult they only think about comedy they're in a fucking you know nexium thing they're in like a vitamix um what do you call them mlm sort (laughs) of situation (laughs) yeah it's very pyramid schemey right everyone Mm -hmm. only thinks about the world in terms of the politics inside of the thing of comedy and stuff so like a lot of these people are kind of tweeting at me and going like well but she worked really hard and you know and like i was thinking about that and i was like you know what's so funny about this is that comedians get so mad when a celebrity pivots to stand up because they can see oh this person is using this advantage that they have their privilege right yeah. and it's like yeah so yeah. when jeremy piven does stand up and he bumps you on a comedy club it's really annoying right because you're like this yeah. guy didn't work as hard as me he didn't do yeah. open mics he just used this fucking advantage that he had and then swung in and laterally took over the thing but your next your fucking f- best friend is named you know josh epstein maxwell kissinger nixon like you <laughs> how do you not understand it's the same fucking thing right you should yeah. either be be as mad at them as you are at Jeremy Piven, or you should yeah. look at the entire situation for what it is, which is not a meritocracy at all. It's yeah. chaotic. It's an absurd situation. It's a fucking crapshoot. It's you know, go. It's a joke. Like you could go yeah. go for it if you want, take a crack at it, but be happy if you know whether it works out or not. But if you become yeah. deranged over becoming resentful over whether somebody got a thing or somebody didn't or whatever, and you apply this logic to it, you're going to end up being you know kind of racist and kind of fucking offensive right so that's you know that's i think where a lot of these people are coming from and it's uh it's it's like absurd like there's no there's no defense of this sort of thing and like there's just i don't know there's a lot of angles to this that'd be kind of pissing me off like one thing is like people are going like like, people are like you know oh you're you're so angry online you're spazzing out and i'm like well (laughs) you know this person blocked me and when they when they blocked me, I'm sorry, that means something, right? Yeah. Uh, and so somebody said, well, that's, you know, you're, that, oh, that's like so, pe- uh, what is the word? Like, um, uh, petty? Petty. It's petty, right? Yeah. Well, so is fucking Googling my tweet and getting mad about it, right? That's also, yeah. if one of these things is petty, they're all petty. It's true. But I don't think they yeah. are. I think we're people with feelings and we're all fucking mad at each other. So, like, yeah. I will tell you, I'm not being petty. I'm actually mad. And the reason I'm mad is because yeah. I know. The, all the people that blocked me around that time last year, or two years ago, or whatever the fuck this shit happened. Making a financial decision, yeah. And they also made a statement like towards me, like you understand, mm-hmm. like you picked a side. Right? I 
do not believe in the idea of the community of comedy, the way people talk about it. Like people always do this like sentimental thing, you know, around Thanksgiving where they talk about like, oh, the creek in the cave let us have Thanksgiving here when we had nowhere to go because we moved here to walk dogs and shit and be comedians and stuff. And like, you know, it's just, oh, it's so inclusive. When it was really like, I didn't want to go back home to hang out with my judge family. Yeah. (laughs) They're all Republicans and I can't be honest with them about my politics. But I had had to. Yeah, pretend I eat meat, <laughs> fucking losers. <laughs> I had a, I'm going to describe a, <laughs> Go <on. laughs> a number of interactions in a row that happened around yeah. that time, all right? So, like, one thing that happened was, like, um, a friend of mine is really uh, just into the Chapo Trap House world and is, like, obsessed with them and all, all things I've in his ma- life. I've said my part with you but go on (laughs) all things in life revolve around getting to hang out with these people it's insane they became like a velvet underground type thing where like everyone is just trying to socialize with these people and like one of my friends is just totally lost in the sauce and uh one of their people like they have like a streamer who does like uh you know twitch stuff this guy uh hates me and i don't know the fuck he is i don't know why but he's friends with fucking nick mullen and like he came after me at one point and so uh, like you know last year uh which i mean god there's a few things that happened this guy's been up my ass like three or four times one thing that happened was that uh michael brooks died michael brooks who was on the majority report michael brooks show and he's a fucking genius and we all remember and love michael brooks right um i was friends with michael brooks we all were we're all in the same subculture right and uh when he died i was tweeting about it and i'm an honest person and i fucking tweet thoughts all the time and i was thinking about how i didn't spend as much time with this person as i had wanted to because i was so fucking afraid of all of these psychos that are you know in the dirtbag lefty world of twitter who kind of have it out for me all the time because this guy had like um I mean, I've been, like, tweeting about, like, suicide before, and this guy, you know, Nick fucking dragged me over that shit and tried to make people goad me into killing myself and stuff like that, and, like, this guy is part of that, and this guy has been, you know, three or four other incidents trying to figure out ways to fucking hurt me through the internet like this, and you know, and so, like, this dude, at one point, uh, was, he was, um... He was fucking dragging me over some innocuous comment I made about my dad. I made a joke about my dad, and he tried to make it into this thing where I'm like a privileged, oh, this, you know. Is this guy a comic, you said? No, he's like a fucking. Or no, he's like a, oh, he's a YouTuber or whatever. Yeah, okay, like it's a Twitch, Twitch guy. stream guy. Okay, got it. Sorry. So this guy's name is Alex Nichols Lowendafchin is his handle. I don't know what the fuck his deal is, right? Yeah. So I was in L.A. and I was like on tour and I was real stressed out because a lot of this stuff was kind of happening in real time. And I was like. You know, I was just tweeting about it and stuff and probably expressing a lot of this, like, mania through Twitter and stuff. And I run into my buddy in L.A. who's a Chapo sycophant. And he – but he's we used to be good friends, you know? And he fucking yeah. – um, we ran into each other. And the first thing he said – he was he hit me up. He's like, let's get coffee. And I was like, okay, yeah. And I went and sat down with him at a coffee shop. And the first thing he said was – I think that uh, you should stop tweeting and you should log off and all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. And I was okay. like, at first I was like, okay, this sounds like this person is concerned about my mental health and like, sure, you know, I get where they're coming from. But for some reason, this rubs me the wrong way. And I thought about it and I thought about it and way after the fact. I was like, wait a minute. Why didn't he fucking go talk to the guy who was harassing me, who is his friend, who is very high up in the Chapo world, who is like... I know why. Right. Know why. You know why. Because he, <laughs> that's not how this works, because he didn't want to fucking, like, risk his 
because Nick it's, made more money than you and had more potential access to give him yeah, or them, it, whoever that friend was. And this is like a social hierarchy. And there's like, yeah. if you go, if, if, if you're in a scene like this and one person starts abusing or hurting another person, but that person is higher up, you go and you blame the person who's getting hurt and you tell them yeah. to stop. You don't go tell the fucking other person because that means you might have to risk your footing in your space with those fucking people. And dude, everyone around me in my life right now, because I got real deep into this fucking podcast world, everyone is in this situation where they're just like, they don't talk about me. They're, they don't fucking, you know, they try to hide the fact that we're like associated or they really downplay it and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. okay, there's a way this is structured and my point being, the reason this is a, something I relate back to being blocked by this person is like around this time, I really thought about the idea that we're friends with each other through doing something like comedy. And I noticed yeah. how many people made like calculations and calculated statements towards me about this, where they either full on were just like, I think you're uh, Seth Simons now. I think you're a fucking, you know, yeah. woke Antifa or whatever. Or they did this like mealy mouth, like two sides thing where like a lot of my friends were like, well, I like Luis Gomez and I like Jake. And I'm like, he yeah. attacked me. Like, like he fucking you that that's not if you have a friend and like if you have two friends that are married and the guy hits the woman you don't go like well I like her and I like it. you fucking tell your friend to fuck off you know you yeah. go and talk to the person who's doing the thing and I just looked at like so many people and I dropped people I mean it wasn't like a huge crisis Mike because I've never been like a big comedy community we're all friends person yeah but I immediately just went like anyone that did not come to me and specifically tell me I am you know on your side in this thing I went goodbye forever I'll never talk to yeah. you again you've made it clear that my well-being yeah is of less value than a possible employment opportunity in a business where no one makes yeah. any fucking money. You can just make drink tickets and shit. And so, you know, anybody that blocked me, I went, oh, well, they've, they have made a statement to me yeah. that they think less of me than themselves. So yeah, if like they, you pick the side, I didn't, well, you know, you picked to not be on my side, I guess. Yeah. You, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you made the decision. So now, why are you acting like I'm the asshole for not, for acting like you're not on my side because of the way this yeah. fucking like pyramid scheme sort of structure works is what is expected of someone who is hurt by another person is to be quiet about it and yeah. to be nothing but like um you know supportive when other people get jobs and stuff like even the yeah. person that did a fucking thing to you and it's like I'm not going to sit here and let somebody be insulting to me and be like, I'm so glad that the richest person I know also gets to be on the fucking huge, you know, job that controls all the media and all this shit. Yeah. Fuck these fucking people. They're fucking losers, man. And all I, you know, I not, may not win ultimately in the material sense in any of this, but I get to keep my soul about it. You know, I get to be a fucking yeah. person and I get to say whatever I want. And what's crazy about this too is that like, you know, fucking Mullen, I mean, like he hates me and he's like, on Twitter, on alts all the time lurking. And it, like the entire, <laughs> the entire like thrust. Hi, of, Nick. Right. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Thanks for listening. The entire uh. thrust of all this is supposed to be that I'm like a narc that I'm like, like tattling yeah. on people. I don't think about this guy ever, but clearly he's up all night fucking reading my shit and like trying to figure out ways to get his fucking fans to hurt me and stuff. And like yeah. that is I mean, way know, but, more of a Seth Simons y type of thing to be doing. Than any, I'm literally just talking like a person who's free, you know? 
to do whatever yeah. the fuck I want because I'm free. You know, I'm free of this this like thing where you limit yourself by the possibility of like, well, oh, maybe I'll get ahead in this business. And like all these people yeah. have money and they're all miserable. So why would I, why would you ever want to buy into something as stupid as the stand up comedy business? You know. Know, yeah um i mean you said a lot <laughs> but one thing is um i do disagree with you about there not being a comedy community and i think you do disagree with you too if we clarify that i think the problem is as always whenever anybody talks about a community or a cultural group or whatever because then you immediately later mention being part of this particular subculture so you acknowledge <laughs> that you are part of a particular subculture. Yeah, I just right? don't think it's a supportive one. I think it's a fucking no. But first of all, community does not imply support. Okay, sure. You know, like uh, being part of a community does not like I, I understand the community also that is a definition of it, but uh, being a social group together doesn't necessarily mean support. Number one, and number two, I think the problem is that we're or most people when they use the phrase the comedy community, they are talking about what they perceive to be a monolith and it is definitely not a monolith because it is a caste system in certain ways of like how long you've been doing it how you came up who vouches for you like whether or not you know you have certain credits like all this shit it's like all these different ways of ranking you yeah and then uh even like what parts of the country you come from and what what um circuits in comedy you've worked or continue to work and what um cities you're known in and are not known in contributes to that and then within that there's also all of the hierarchy of regular life race sex class education all of that stuff so in reality the comedy community is a subculture of people who are all dude it is weird we all mostly know each other you know what i mean like um <clears throat> when people talk about like black twitter for example yeah there is also something called comedy twitter i don't know if people have named it that but it's definitely a thing where um i would say things go viral out of comedy twitter into regular people world or like they become they come out of comedy twitter and get viral in regular people twitter yeah right but um we are definitely sort of like a closed loop where we all see each other's tweets. We know who people are talking about. Most of the time you're in on the subtweets. That's why you see people being like, ah, oh, I wish I knew what, who the subtweet was about. Because most of the time you fucking know. So if you don't know, you feel left out. You're like, oh, wait, yeah. why don't I know about this? And why don't I know this person on this flyer or whatever? Because we are one group. But within that group, we are cliques and we are classes and we're subdivided by even like, uh, you know, black comics do shows that are just black comic shows and they hang out together, which doesn't mean that they don't do things with other people, but they have their that clique. They're part of that clique as well as other cliques. Uh, there is a Latino clique even in New York City. There's like Uptown. <laughs> there is Bushwick comedy. There is uh, Park Slope comedy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and even within those, there are, as we've been talking about, the rich kids who are cosplaying at being artists and dog walkers and the poor kids who are busting their ass and disappointing their entire family by not being providers and all this shit because they're actually needed as breadwinners in their family and they're choosing to follow some fucking bullshit art <laughs> and work 60 hours at retail or whatever the fuck just to be able to make a road gig, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you are all part of 
a comedy subculture, you're just not part of the same class or part of the same experience. Well, sure, but I, I like. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that yeah, we're a cohesive group of people, whatever you want to call it. I just I keep yeah. exp- I keep comparing it to like MLMs and cults and stuff like that because the dynamics of it are set up in such a way where like, um, okay, so you know, one thing that I think kind of helps this argument I'm making is if you look at how many people in the world of comedy can only make money by teaching classes and stuff like that or starting like mm-hmm. improv schools that are ultimately scams and stuff like that like like man there's this guy who started a fucking improv school in austin when i was first starting out named chris true and like i grew up oh, with all these fucking people <laughs> who all went to the cold town theater that he started and then he sort of branched yeah. off because they had some fight and started this thing called the new movement and stuff like that and like slowly like we started to realize like oh this guy is like laughing all the way to the bank like he's doing this so he doesn't have to have a day job he's not very funny like he's just sort of this guy like kind of uh wields his power over people and then guess where this ended he ultimately <laughs> got fucking me too'd for you know using his power as a fucking guy who runs a comedy school and therefore controls people's dreams by saying he has connections to getting you into snl and all this their stuff access yeah right again he, their access yeah to opportunities that's what everybody trades in and promises you like literally uh people listening to this I'm sure you have heard the idea of like getting paid in exposure. Yeah. That's when you open for Louis CK. (laughs) Or (laughs) when (laughs) they tell you like, oh, we're not going to pay you in money that could actually pay your bills or compensate you for your labor. But if you do this show, like you'll be exposed to a bunch of new audience who will follow you and that will result in money in the future. Right. right? They know that you have a dream and they're taking advantage Mm -hmm. of it because it's a, because everyone wants in. And so like in the same way, when you're in like Scientology and you're like, Oh, but I've, I'm going to get to level, you know, 10 someday or whatever. Or like, you see this also with like, um, I did a deep dive on, uh, the board ape yacht club, NFT people or whatever. And they, it's, Mm -hmm. it's disturbingly similar to the comedy world because they say things like we're all gonna make it and like everyone just hang out because if you if you pay if you pay your dues eventually you get to the fucking next level and you go to hang out on the yacht and all this stuff and it's like it's the same stuff and the reason what i'm saying is like the fact that there is this dynamic of like wanting something out of it and trying to ascend yeah. levels inevitably ends in outcomes where a person is going to make a calculation and decide that that is worth an, an, an more worth that that outweighs another person's humanity and basic worth. This is why I still do comedy and I still have friends that are comics. But the thing about the people that I like who do comedy is that they are not comedians first. They are people who do comedy, which is a fucking yeah. huge distinction. Because if you're walking around with business cards and talking about how you're a comedian and you're like, I sleep in my car so I can do stand up all day or whatever, you are never going to make the right decision when you're faced between like getting a gig because they're so fucking scarce and defending anyone from being hurt by another person you're gonna turn a blind eye and like another example of this is like i'm sorry i'm just gonna fucking call out names on the show but like (laughs) you know when luis gomez came to the stand with nick and like they were like we're gonna fucking fight jake and luisa and like you know stop him from doing a set and all this stuff um, there was this guy there, Diego Lopez, who like trains Luis Gomez in MMA and like mm-hmm. he was there and saw this stuff happen and way, way, way after the fact, 
Luis Gomez is tweeting about this stuff, and he was going, everyone knows that you made this all up, and I didn't attack you, and if there were all these comics there, if if all these comics were there, aren't saying anything about this, then why are they lying? Is it because they're afraid of me too? And he, like, mentioned Diego, and I went to Diego, and I said, hey, this has got a, kind of a point. Why aren't you talking yeah. about this? Why are you acting as if you weren't there? And he bullshitted me so hard. He said, like, oh, I didn't see anything. And I'm like, A, I don't believe you. I and, saw you see. And B... If you didn't see anything, then you're just telling me you don't believe me, which is also yeah. fucking, like, horrible. Because, like, yeah. if someone comes to you and they says, I say, I, a person tried to hurt me, and you go, well, if I didn't see it, then I don't it believe you. Yeah. Then you're a fucking asshole, and you can, yeah. I mean, you read the fucking writing on the wall here. The reason he's doing this is because he wants to work at the fucking stand, and he didn't want to be a person to stuck his neck out. So I immediately unfollowed that fucking person. I immediately went, this is not a person who treats me like a human. This is how yeah. I go through life. I do not let people hang on to me like this who don't treat me like a human and only want to get something out of me you know yeah. and that's i think endemic to like the fucking structure of the the the, the like the business of comedy like the try and the business i say business but I, the reason i say it's more like an mlm is because like the job is the product like you're trying yeah. to get to level 11 at all fucking times or whatever as a comic yeah. it's causing you to fucking act like this there are people who are cool and who just looked at this and went, yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, even people I don't like that much were like, yeah. I can see that this happened. Wow. And there's also yeah. people that are like honest enough to go, you know, I see that this happened and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to keep my head down. I'm afraid of talking like this. Yeah. And I think that's cowardly, but also that's like still more honest and honest. better than like, you know, I didn't see anything or like, they're great and you're a fucking, uh, you just want attention for fucking attacking these people or whatever, you know, which is what I think the side of the fence this fucking Rosebud Baker person lands on. If they blocked yeah. me and they did skank fest and they, you know, I mean, fucking prove me wrong. If you heard this and you don't think any of this shit, fucking feel free to reach out. But this is what I'm left to assume nah, based on does. these fucking she's actions, not. right? She's me. Even her friends think she's mean. <laughs> she's not, whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. Um, what is fucking stupid to me, honestly, is that um, the pretense that comedians keep going through of like, uh, it's shitty if anybody says anything bad about a comic or like you, um, I guess, ooh, you're picking sides publicly, like that's unprofessional. Why are you starting fights? Just keep your head down. Uh, to me, it's a shitty pretense because... Dude, every comic, every single comic has a blacklist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would bet money on this. Your favorite comedian, the nicest comedian, dude, Josh Gondelman, I guarantee <laughs> you, has a blacklist yeah, of comics that he will not work with or he would not book or he would not recommend. Every single person in comedy does. And so I need you to understand that... <clears throat> Not only do we go around making recommendations of the people we endorse, we do all fucking talk about this is a person I wouldn't book and this is why. And here's what this person did to me and I don't like them. And uh, it might be that, like, I don't like the type of comedy they do and the political fucking angle that they take in their humor or the way that they're sexist or the way that they're too liberal or the way, you know, like, yeah, everybody in comedy gatekeeps, Jake. Everybody in comedy looks at comics, look at each other and like, how long have you been doing this though? Where did you start? Oh yeah. 
And uh, what are your credits? You got credits? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, just stupid. like fucking prove to me that you're a comic. Prove to me that you're a comic. So the fact that you are pretending sometimes, like I, I feel like people who get mad at you in particular, they are pretending that you're you are breaking some kind of taboo that none of them ever break. Right. And it's not fucking true. They constantly blacklist each other. They constantly fucking do things like uh, start tweet campaigns about how people are fucking abusers because they fucking hit on waitresses, <laughs> you know, like start yeah. fucking uh, tweets about how their boyfriend sucks because they broke up with them. Like all this stuff. I told you about this. I mean, we're not going to get into it, but it's just so funny to me that uh, like a couple in comedy broke up and I don't really know, honestly, either half, but one half I perceive as like a networking hustling wants to social climb or like business climb. And that's always been important to them. And they've always like networked at me and only seen me as like a stepping stone to shit. Yeah. So I did not engage. And then the other half I've always seen as like loves comedy, does it when the fuck they feel like because they enjoy doing it. They nothing about what they do seems to be geared around getting accolades, external accolades and approval and fucking credits and whatever the fuck. And then when they broke up, the first half that I mentioned totally fucking flipped out on the internet. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, can you believe I got dumped? <laughs> and then they unfollowed me and I was like, oh, shit, that's so cool. I didn't have to choose my half <laughs> of this breakup. They chose for me and they made the right decision because I was definitely not going to pick your side. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what I mean, that it goes down to like the pettiest shit of just like, yo, I've had conversations with comics where they're like, I will never book this person because I've seen them in green rooms for seven years and they've never said hi to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they may just be shy, you know? They might just be shy. They might be like panicking about the set they have to do. So they fucking write notes. Or they might be able to what? tell that you hate them, which is, looks yeah. like you do, you know? Or honestly, they might be a fucking asshole. Right. Right. Yeah. So also might be fun. Yeah, you, you have the right to not want to work with an asshole. So what's crazy to me is like, why are you pissed that somebody would make fun of somebody who clearly showed me they're not on my side. They're not my friends. They don't are not my peer. They don't care about my success in this industry. Why is it wrong for me to make fun of them? I don't understand. Well, there's a couple of things about this that I'd want to interject. One is that like, you know, you're right. Like there, you, there's no way to not take sides because sides make themselves happen. If you are mm -hmm. passive and one person attacks another, and you go, "I'm not taking a side here." You've taken the side of the attacker. You've taken the side of the attacker. It's totally. like with like Israel and Palestine or something like that. When yeah. people are like, "Oh, it's too complicated" or whatever. That's the fucking foundation that Israel lives on. Yeah. Is people? It's not even the people that support it. It's the massive amounts of people that are just like, well, "Well, I don't take a side." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and that's gotta hear both sides. Yeah, who spit on who? <laughs> who? Yeah. The other thing is, um, you know, there's this massive like culture war thing hanging over all of this in coming up with like scapegoats like seth simons and like what they fucking portray yeah. me as and stuff like that r.i.p or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't know what happened I mean he's probably not dead but he's not on the internet anymore they so killed him no yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on there but i have some theories which i can't get into on in this episode it's already yeah, too no, spicy no, let's but like um but like so something i've noticed with the way these people treat me is like if you're if you're hate listening to this right now and you're trying to figure out why i'm so fucking mad I feel like this is going to be retreading some stuff, but just as a quick explainer, here are some of the reasons that I've <laughs> decided, like, fuck these fucking people, right? Um, 
Louis, like Luis Gomez fucking says he's an edgelord. The skanks say they're edgelords and you can make jokes about anything, but they've harassed me for years over making jokes about them, which is anything. like, right, or other shit or, or whatever. Milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause I said I was going to throw a milkshake at them, which is like a joke about fucking, you know, some shit that happened politically two years ago. And they took seriously because they don't actually fucking think that everything is jokes. So these people decided to come after me, right? Another thing they did is that they fucking leaked nudes and pornography that I made and shit, which is against my will, which is known as revenge porn, which is fucking mm-hmm. annoying and traumatic and also endangered the woman in the fucking video who had nothing to do with this um they associate with people like the in hot water fucking people who like when that happened i mean they took all that shit they put it on their show the woman i was dating at the time they threatened to rape a bunch of times on their show they sent fucking entire you know campaigns of people threatening to rape women in my life and stuff i have people tweet pictures of like the outside of my apartment at me sometimes and shit yeah. uh, this is like a serious like i am not joking you know this isn't like oh comics goofing yeah. around with each other and shit i'm mad at these fucking people nick mullen tried to make me kill myself like he fucking understood that i was going through a depressive episode thought i said something cringy on the internet and decided to tweet publicly about it that he thought it was fucking funny or whatever and then i should fucking do it right that's yeah. immediately i dropped that person from my life and i was like this person does not value me they value this other thing yeah. so fucking whatever right but whenever i talk about this stuff these people obfuscate and they say wow jake is so mad that we make edgy jokes you know that he just uh, hates that we make jokes and he's such an edge or he's such a fucking uh you know, what do you call it? A SJW or whatever. He hates that you make racist jokes. I fucking make racist jokes all the time. I'm an edgelord. Like, I I literally had a woman one time tweeting at me because I guess she just fucking listens to podcasts and understands this idea yeah. of me. And she was just like, if Jake Flores was here, he'd be like, everyone's going to stop making jokes. You know what I did? I called her a cunt because I am not <laughs> a fucking like I don't I like fucked up jokes. That's not what's happening. But because these people cannot defend against harassing women in my life and threatening to rape and kill people and stuff yeah. and trying to fucking make me kill myself, they have to switch the narrative to this guy is coming to uh, take down your career because he's jealous of you and all this stuff, which has become like a um, like a figure in the cultural imagination when it comes to people that, that want to be comedians yeah. and have failed. They need a fucking boogeyman. They need a scapegoat. Yeah. So they've come up with this thing that is like a Seth Simons specter. Mm-hmm. That's like it, it's 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 very libidinally attractive to failed comedians because it tells you a story, which is that you would be on Saturday Night Live right now. <laughs> like you. If it wasn't because of this boogeyman. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I mean, case in point is like that Shane Gillis guy, you know, the, the, the narrative with them is like he got taken down by somebody. And it's like he never had the job to begin with. <laughs> he got fucking pulled yeah. on the first day because of some shit he said that violated a contract that made SNL not want to make money off of him or whatever. That's how it actually yeah. works. It's but in order to sell you yeah. and get you to fucking sign up for a million hours of Patreon and watch content all day about yeah. guys talking about cancel culture, they have to like do this stuff that people, this is the same stuff people do when they're trying to start wars and shit is they convince you like yeah. oh there's this fucking guy that's coming to get you or whatever and that's me and it's like that's not even 
I don't give a fuck about jokes. I love fucked up jokes. It's not yeah. what's going on here at all, man. It's this other stuff that I think is legitimately fucking abhorrent. And I don't fucking tolerate anyone threatening the women in my life. I don't tolerate anyone threatening the men in my life, the fucking everyone yeah. else in my life, you know? Not within, yeah. not, not enough to go like, I will sacrifice these people to the comedy community if it means I can get a fucking spot. Yeah. You know? Fuck that shit. Also, the other reason I don't do that shit is because I know. No amount of like act, acting like that's gonna get you ahead in this business. You only get ahead if your fucking last name is Baker or fucking Kissinger or Vixen or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, because actually she's very mean, and I feel like uh, that that one uh, it made her different in comedy because everybody in comedy is like so acquiescent. I want to say, uh, and maybe you know I've been around. You know, around as a fan and like a regular person for a long time. So I do see the difference about being around as a booker, even as like an alt booker. Uh, Most people, even when you hear this idea of like, oh, comics bust each other's balls. They don't immediately go to bust each other's balls. First, it's like a a little fucking acquiescence dance of like, I look up to you and this is great. We should be friends. Yeah. (laughs) And... I think um, they suck each other's dicks first she, before they bust yeah, each other's balls. Yeah, and I think she didn't really have to do that because she came in already vouched for by a, an established comic, and also with the security and confidence that comes from her background and not having like everything riding on this decision, um, and that made her stand out. You know, I don't know. It's not to say she's not a good writer or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's neither here nor there. Um, sucks that that happened. Uh, I don't know. I've really been enjoying my internet experience since I blocked all these fucking people. <laughs> and Sounds great. great. <laughs> Although she blocked me. She did the thing where she blocked me um, as soon as I made... She was following me up until I made the joke or like the comment about um, the lineup for the festival being predictable. Yeah. And then uh, Lewis quote tweeted me and people started attacking me and she blocked me. So to me, it sounds like, oh, that's clear. Even before then, though, I, I don't pretend we were ever friends or yeah. each other or anything. I actually have this like, uh, you remember when uh, our Facebook was it? it used to like tell you memories. I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook for a long time. But anyway, I have a, a picture that somebody took of us at a rooftop party of me and Rosebud and I look really good in that picture. And I really wanted to post it because I was like, damn, I look sexy in this picture. Yeah. But I don't want to post a picture of me with Rosebud. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I never reposted it. You're <laughs> using that meme of uh, the guy, the picture of Stalin with the other guy that gets, like, erased when they read. Yeah. You should do that. Just, like, blur out her face and be like, look <laughs> at me looking really good on a rooftop pretending to be nice to a person who's dating my friend, <laughs> basically. Well, it would just be a blank space. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, and that's the thing. I feel like, okay, what happened is in her original breakup, the, the comic that she got the idea to become a comic from. Yeah. Uh, when they broke up, I picked the, I picked the other side. <laughs> so it's fine. I understand why you blocked me. But also, I want to make a clarification before I get a bunch of women and non-men mad at me. Um, I do not think, you know, I think, um, it is fair that we all find our path and our goals and shit differently. And it is okay to be inspired by another person. Um, however you come to the thing that is your passion, it's totally great. I'm glad that you got to your passion. 
I am speaking when I said the thing about like how creepy it seems to me to do what she did. I am speaking from the place of I would never do that to a partner and I would automatically break up with a person who did that to me because I do consider that what we do and like what we choose to dedicate ourselves to and define ourselves as dude, it's huge. It's like a big part of who you are. And if the thing that you feel like you are is exactly my thing, yo, that's fucking creepy. I'm sorry. That's so shitty. It is not okay. So like, I understand why that relationship didn't last. And then actually I've tweeted about this before, Jake, like months ago. And uh, a girl comic who will remain remain unnamed, uh, she replied to my, it was like a tweet making fun of this idea of like, uh, doing the thing that your your partner does yeah. like deciding that your dr- life's dream is to do whatever your partner's job has been for the last decade <laughs> and this woman comic replied to me and was like lol i started stand-up after going on like three dates with a guy who was a comic and i thought i could do it and then like we broke up and i did it but whatever yeah and i do want to clarify that i think it's extremely different for you to be like I had a passing interaction with a person who introduced me to comedy or even like, let's say I had a friend or an older brother who introduced me to stand. I think, I think those are all totally valid and different than I was in a romantic exclusive relationship for years (laughs) with another person. And I decided that the way to self realize was to ride their coattails into the same career path as them. That's fucking crazy to me. And I don't think it's okay. And you know what? To each their own. Do whatever the fuck you want. I'm not being anti-feminist. Get your fucking bag. Whatever. Whatever. However you want to call it. I personally think it sucks. And I would break up with you if you did that shit. Period. Yeah. Is that shitty? Do I sound like a bad person? I don't know. No, I mean, I I, I just agree in the general sense that, like, when you see comedians date each other transactionally... It's one example. But they weren't comedians before. Like, I understand what you're saying. The comedians dating each other transactionally is also an issue. But you didn't even ever go to stand-up in your life before. You never watched stand-up. You didn't like it. You weren't a fan. You fucking never heard of anybody but George Carlin and Dayton Cook your entire life. And then you meet a stand-up comic on OkCupid and suddenly stand-up comedy is the thing I was meant to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry misheard that part yeah it's like, no, get the fuck out of here it's not like it's like you're like a me who liked stand-up since you were 11 or whatever the fuck yeah and then suddenly you started doing it after dating a comic that's also different i'm specifically talking about like you fucking knew nothing about this five years ago six years ago yeah. <laughs> like, and cool you're making it work so that means you do have some talent but the uh transactional and like a opportunistic nature of choosing to take this path is not the same as as people who came to it from love and sacrifice and finding it on their own i mean it's possible like sometimes i've noticed i've seen people get into stand-up like in situations like this before and i think i will empathize with this This is very exciting when it's new and it's very fun and you get a thrill out of it and like you know, I sometimes people do it for a little while and then quit because I think that goes away or something. But you also get sure. really lost in these dynamics of like getting ahead and stuff. And like, I I think it's possible. I think it's not. 
You're probably right, but it's not a hundred percent. It's possible that people can most of like, the time it's gross. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, I think it's. I agree with you. It's possible, but like, okay, substitute any other art. Let's say that I no that you. Let's say that you are into like being in an indie rock. What is it like? Beach rock band, right? <laughs> that p- plays like nineteen fifties beach rock. Okay. And you start dating a woman. And a year into dating you, even though she's never played a musical instrument and she has never been into beach rock, she's going to join. She comes home and she tells you, hey, I started a band or I started going to an open mic where I'm playing fucking <laughs> yeah, beach no, rock. That would be crazy. Specifically. And the thing is that you have to understand, like, stand up is that level of specificity. It is not like it isn't like, oh, I'm also going to be a writer and then I'll write about whatever the things I write about. It's like, no, you're choosing specifically my fucking canvas that i paint with (laughs) you know like it is but the alternate way that this could play out that i don't think is psychotic is if you or like if a man did this to a woman that would be fucking creepy but like i loved someone and you end up getting new interests from sharing them with the person like if you're dating somebody and they have never had an interest in stand-up but then they like come and hang out and watch shows and discover they really like it you know that absolutely but jake a new interest having a new interest is not the same as i'm dedicating my life to this being my career and myself defining well that that's that part of that is just like modernity and like how pe- people are so fucked up and having to need to it's define themselves crazy. as like their profession and all this and, shit and that's what i'm saying this is what's it's going on with these cre- fucking it's, comics it's, yeah and what i'm saying is it's creepy for you to find that self-definition self-defi- through someone else's self-definition yeah okay? totally it's weird and you know like i definitely do think like if i told you a story of um i have a woman friend who is a sculptor you know she fucking carved stone and whatever and she started dating a dude and then uh six months after they started dating he fucking rented a space next to hers and goes to all the fucking things and now is a stone sculptor and wants to be like a writer about stone sculpture and whatever the fuck that's fucking creepy that's like invading your professional world it's not the same as like two comics meeting and dating. It is not the same as a comic meeting a person who supports their comedy and is, um, I don't want to just say tolerant, but you know, supportive, like goes to the shows, like you were saying, that kind of stuff. And even like in this other comic who replied to me, I understand going on a date with some dude two to five times and it's like they don't mean anything to you. But because you hung out with them two to five times, you went to a couple open mics or they talked to you about what stand up is like. So now your interest is peaked. So after you stopped dating that person, you pursued stand up. That is totally different than every day I come home and I tell my lover who has been working at this for over a decade. Hey, I did my third open mic today. (laughs) <laughs> you know like ew ew what the fuck i don't know i'm not saying that it's a, a universal opinion that everybody has to agree with i just also don't think you need to take it personally like i hate anybody who's ever been inspired by another person <laughs> into something but it is just a very specific like weird um what's that jennifer not jennifer uh white single female. white female Single white female. Yeah. It's a little bit single white female shit. Yeah, it's, or it's a little like, bit. I want to have your haircut and I want to fucking wear your clothes and smell like you. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. People that have no like identity, it. so they just like become the yeah. person that they're in love with. It's like, yeah. Kind of I don't like that. Yeah. 
I've had people do that to me. You know, it's like no, they'd respect Same. you so much more if you were like a person that was their own thing. Exactly. Um, something else I wanted to say about all this like comedy culture stuff I've been talking about is like, you know, I started booking a show, you know, and like it d- occurred to me while I was like coming up with my blacklist and my white <laughs> list <laughs> and my list of people I do want to book and stuff. You know, part of, I think part of the reason this is so pervasive in comedy is like part of the way that the fucking MLM thing I'm describing works is like um, you have to kind of work with everyone is the way it's understood. It's abnormal yeah. to run a show the way I do, which is that there's yeah. most people are probably You're not politically aligned. Yeah. yeah. Or like I just have a most people have like a 10 percent of their list is blacklisted or whatever. I have like. 10% of the people I know are the people I want to book. Like, I have a specific fucking yeah. thing I'm trying to do here. And that is antithetical to the whole situation, which is why people are so um, motivated or incentivized to not burn bridges, right? And we refer to it as not burning bridges as if burning bridges is like a bad thing. But burning bridges also means having principle when everyone's running rampant in a fucking community that's alienated and it's full of sadistic fucking people that aren't like really being looked after because it's an abstract group. We're not all living in a village together or something. You know, it's just like this concept of people everywhere. And uh, if, you know, for that reason, like if I continue to do this, I have to just abandon many parts of the the thing that is comedy going yeah. into it like i have to just kiss goodbye the idea that i'll be on snl or whatever the fuck <laughs> the daily show <laughs> me too but like i don't care and when you don't care you have freedom to be a fucking person and that also you don't have to stop doing stand-up you can just do it for the sake of doing it and enjoy the freedom and like hang out with your friends and not be caught in this fucking weird like you know game like where you're like you know commodifying everything and trying to get ahead or whatever it's difficult to do i think most people get so fucking or at least people honestly people in small towns have no problem fucking doing comedy like this but in new york or la we're like it's all about the gains i gotta pee so keep yelling okay i'm just gonna pause i have to pee too (laughs) that's recording in progress okay uh sorry we took a quick break now we're back the podcast is over let's do plugs Um, if anyone's still listening, I don't know. If you hate listening to this and you would like to see a show, I come hang out. <laughs> uh, what's it mean? I mean, you know, uh, before you even plug, uh, this is a dilemma that I'm having with writing the book. It's like, uh, sure, on one hand, everything we've said is talking shit. But also, on the other hand, um, when you make observations about a cultural group, you can't just, like, make them offhand without having, like, uh like being able to cite an observation right so you name names but then you're supposed to i guess protect so sometimes we protect the source and sometimes we don't and i think we were clear about why we didn't this time but uh i don't know i don't think it was like just shitty shit talking it's just i don't think uh, that I there really... are real people there are real faces to put to the effects of capitalism and comedy and all of the shitty other things that affect comedy and the, make the business of comedy. I don't think There's that, real faces to it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I am talking shit on anyone that did not inherently do something to me first that makes it feel warranted. I think that some of these people might feel as though they didn't. But what I'm yeah. trying to explain is de facto by fucking 
you know, doing wishy-washy both sides shit or fucking blocking yeah. someone on the internet or any of these things, you've you've created a uh, what do you call it? A pretense for me yeah. to to have to say whatever the fuck I want to you. And it's like yeah. everyone else would also be saying these things if they weren't afraid for their careers, you know? Yeah. It's just that I don't care about that. I'm not like that. Yeah. And there's also uh, the fact... Wait, I just got distracted by my cat. But, um... <laughs> sorry, I forgot. Anyway, do your plugs. Let's talk... Well, I, know that I want to say something about Lucy. All right, I am going to talk some shit. Oh, yeah? What do you want to say about Lucy? She's being a bitch? She, uh, yeah, she's got to stop. <laughs> uh, what I can tell you about this fucking homeworker is that uh, oh, let's get corny for whoever actually stuck through all of this. Uh, my my lover has never had a pet before. Did I tell you about this? No. Okay, good. I don't want to be corny twice on the podcast. I'll be corny this one time. But my lover has never had a pet because he has allergies and shit, and his siblings do too. And I have a cat. And uh, spending time in my home has been the first time in his life that he's ever, like, bonded with a pet. Aww. And, Jake, it is the most beautiful thing to do. <laughs> like, on the one hand, sure, my girl cat is absolutely stealing my lover. But on the other hand, watching him be, like, so surprised and delighted that a cat, like, shows her belly to get rubbed <laughs> or, like trust him to just like play bite him but doesn't hurt him <laughs> you know, and he's like oh my god she plays and i'm like yeah i know they seem like tiny panthers but if they like you they treat you like a dog treats a human <laughs> you know yeah and so he's like experiencing all these new feelings towards an animal and i'm getting to watch it and it's like the most beautiful thing that is happening in my life that's very cute super, super corny plug i know yeah that's a plug? there's videos whoever wants them <laughs> yeah that was a plug okay. uh, for like Introduce your lover to your pet, uh, but okay. uh, I don't have real plugs. Uh, you have real <laughs> plugs, so you'll go second. Okay. Uh, my fake plugs are, oh, well, it's not real yet, but it's real. Uh, starting next week, I'm going to be recording um, Keto Brett with Brett Payne of Street Fight nice. for their Patreon. So, you know, uh you should be on both Patreons, but also if you're not already, go sign up for the Street Fight because I'm going to be on there doing episodes with Brett. And I think Brian will be there, too, where we're discussing um, hot takes on sex and relationships on the Internet that made our fucking eyeballs pop out. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then I think I am starting a show, Jake. Oh, <laughs> uh it's going to be a weird one with a headliner hosting and doing a long set and then just like two or three comics opening up. Um, but I think it's going to be fun. I think twice a month. Um, I'll probably have details and announce it next week. Cool. Looking yeah. forward to it. Um, my show, Meat Space, is back at the gutter on the 15th of this month, March. Um, I've got some great comics who I like and are cool and I you know <laughs> uh, it's a good time good yeah name. i i actually like you know what i mean sort of um that's yeah. what i've been trying to describe the here, show's so. at nine right it's nine it's at the gutter which is a bowling yeah. alley and punk bar in williamsburg slash greenpoint nyc brooklyn um the other things i have going on are uh my other podcast pod damn america if you're a politics person you're into leftist shit and uh socialist news and stuff like that and um I think I'm kind of just 
kicking it until I go on tour with Eve Six in April slash May of this year. All I've the- already got a crew down. We're going together to see you. Nice. Um, tickets well, are up. Are- yeah, we can't wait. Um, Eve Six and Jake Forrest. If you're listening and you are somewhere else in the country, it's a nationwide tour. Tickets are uh, on sale. They're selling out, so get them while you can. We have sold out two nights at Comet Ping Pong Pizza, the Pizza Gate. Is it already sold out? Restaurant. Two nights Holy we sold shit. out. Yeah. Oh, my lover and I were like, uh, well, if the New York show sells out, we could go down to the DC show. <laughs> I can't believe they already sold out. Fuck. Well, we have not bought for New York yet, but I'll do that now. I can probably uh, get you in, but. For the but if you're listening, you buy tickets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry, uh, you guys. I had to put in like 12 years of work to get on that list, so don't don't fucking do any shortcuts, rich kids. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. It's over. <laughs>